0: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was
1: all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Front Row Network and Beyond the Mouse bringing you some coverage from Fan Expo Portland. I'm your host today, Craig. I'm joined by the boss of the Front Row Network, the editor-in-chief himself, the very illustrious, the very fancy Jeremy Gackner.
0: How are you, sir? Yeah, I mean, it's a good title, but I'm pretty sure we're on equal footing at this point. Which is probably just
1: <laughs> well, who knows? Or... <laughs> who knows? But, you know, buddy, this, uh, this is going to be a fun episode. So really, people have been asking me a lot, like, how was Portland and what is it that you got to do? And like, how didn't the heck did you get to do this and talk to me all about it? And so what I thought is that we could just bring this as kind of like a behind the scenes to some of the panels and the experiences that we were able to have through our friends at Fan Expo. And we can just kind of go from there. So that's kind of what I want to do with this episode is more or less like just talk about our experiences and sort of recap it. Maybe even so then that way a year from now, we can listen to it and remember <laughs> back to the memories that we were able to have but this was a heck of a of an experience.
0: Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um you know th- th- this is the second time we've done uh this kind of moderating and stuff for Fan Expo and I got to say I think we're I think we're getting the hang of this, man. Um <laughs> so it, it it is an interesting story how we got there but yeah, like just overall this was a wonderful trip. Like neither of us had ever been to Portland. Um I'd never even been to the Pacific Northwest. I told neither you yeah furthest west i'd ever gone was las vegas um and just beautiful beautiful country it's like the whole city is like like built into like the side of like a mountain on a river like and it's really really weird and cool um and it just you know it's just a lot of fun out there um we had a blast not only at the con but just getting to know the city and getting to know some of the places and some of the people that live there um we luckily had a theater friend who lived out there karis and her friend micah that took some of the pictures that you guys have been seeing um but just an absolute blast of a time. Um, I just love how Fan Expo does these cons. They really put the focus on the fans and uh, making sure that they get good experiences. And, uh, you know, the fact that we were a small little part of that um, in any way uh, just brings me a lot of joy. So that's just kind of the overall thoughts from my end right now.
1: Yeah, you know, I agree with you on all of that stuff. And I think maybe we start with the beginning, which is the question I get asked all the time is like, yes, how it is, in the heck... Too. How in the heck do you get to do this? And so it comes back to my Beyond the Mouse friends will know that we kind of have taken to heart this message that we got from Kevin Lima, the director of a goofy movie in Tarzan and Enchanted. Um, And he told us, and it's very simple advice, and that's that you just have to ask for it. And so we had been covering Wizard World Comic Con before it was purchased by Fan Expo as press for a couple of years. And it was actually another friend of, again, a Beyond the Mouse podcast friend, Dave, David from E-Ticket to Broadway, who Mm -hmm. said, hey, you know, you guys should try moderating. You do well at interviews. I've listened to your interviews. You should try moderating. And so I emailed our press contact at Fan Expo now, bought out Wizard World. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, do you need any moderators for St. Louis? And it took a little while. I kind of had to do a couple follow up emails. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, here we were meeting uh, this you know, this person within Fan Expo, his name's Bruce and he's amazing. And he Bruce. gave us kind of like the keys to the kingdom, um, for St. Louis. He listened to some of our stuff and liked what he heard. And I was, it was remarkable the amount of responsibility that he gave us in St. Louis. And I yeah. will say, I think that we lived up to that responsibility. I mean, clearly, cause, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a good time. And also I think that we, we performed pretty well. And so then, here comes, uh, the beginning of like towards getting towards the end of the year, the beginning of the con season. And I had emailed Bruce again and said, Hey, we'd love to come back and do St. Louis. And he said, well, unfortunately, uh, fan expos decided to not have a St. Louis comic-con. And so, uh, but he was like, Hey, I'm in charge of the moderators for both Portland and for Denver as well. Mm -hmm. And he really scooped us up. Um, and so I I guess we will make sure we keep you in the loop later, but (laughs) the intention for now, unless life changes or the world changes or whatever, who knows after 2020, it's very hard to say anything like that's more than a couple of months out. But, uh, in July, it looks like we'll be heading out to Denver as well to do fan expo. So that's really how it happened guys. Like it's just, we asked We, I I guess we put in the work, right? Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) We we put in the work with the interviews. We took those interviews and the press coverage we did. We asked for uh, the moderator gig and it worked out for us.
0: Yeah, I think that what you said is clear there that, um, you know, and this is hard because I'm naturally not a person who likes to or even can stand like, you know, pumping up like their own work or anything. But I think that it was that, you know, they heard, a lot of the interviews that we do on the network and they thought, you know, these guys are pretty good at this. Um, And so, yeah, one, after that, it was the ask um, and then just saying, we're willing to do it. And you're right. I think St. Louis, we proved that we're pretty good and pretty capable at this. Um, I hope anyway, you know, again, I have no personal gauge on that at all, but um, you know, the fact that they did fly us out there and stuff to do this is just so surreal. Um, You know, it's just such a, a moment of, you know, accomplishment for us. Like we feel like we've really accomplished something from you know recording, you know, in my my old uh, music room at my first house there over a, a folding card table. Um, this know? is going
1: to get into this is going to get into like Craig psyche talk for a second here, but
0: Ooh, good, I yeah. have.
1: I have a a ridiculous amount of imposter syndrome. And I think I've mentioned that probably on the podcast before. But people will message me when um, when we're able to meet Greg Woods in Portland uh, later on in this trip. And he's a listener and a friend that I've known now for several years through our show. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind when he introduces me to his son and he's like, hey, you probably recognize his voice because we listen to the shows in the car. It's like, oh my goodness, people actually listen to this stuff that we're putting out. And so right. I have imposter syndrome like crazy. And so the fact that we were employed by Fan Expo to be flown out to Portland uh, and to professionally moderate for them, it it is a bit mind blowing for sure. And I mean, I think it's in like, you know, I, I'm someone that clearly attempts my best to be as humble as possible. Um, Same. And it's just kind of how I go through life. But at the same time, I think that we can acknowledge, I think this is something I tell my students a lot. We are really good about beating ourselves up when we, do something wrong, but we're not good at acknowledging when we do something very well. And so this is us kind of just saying, taking a moment before we really dive into the convention in general to say that uh, this worked out well for us. And I think that we did, we did a pretty good job. And uh, I think that the comments that we've heard uh, have kind of come back to that, but done yeah. patting ourselves on the back. Let's go yeah, through this definitely. actual convention and just kind of, let's just walk through the three days and talk a little bit about it. Talk about some of the experiences and panels that we had. I will say that uh, we were given a booth. <laughs> this is a funny story. We were given a uh, booth uh, in the community booth area.
0: Uh, we were not at that. We were at that booth yeah, maybe 10 minutes all week. Sorry. If anybody ever wanted to come to that booth, because we just never had time to be there. Um, we did set it up. Uh, you know, we set up our banners and we put some flyers and stuff out there. Um, but yeah, me even put microphones and like recording equipment on the table like (laughs) my goodness like there's nothing there's Bruce if you're listening we were planning on doing some recordings we just literally never had time
1: (laughs) just literally never had time so we got flown out on Friday and we basically had to set up our booth or set up our table and then we went and checked into the hotel which was conveniently right across the street from the the convention center which was really nice but then I had to get back because my first thing was doing a sketch duel and so the way that a sketch duel I, I did, did two of it. them, but this was the first thing I did on Friday. So kind of just walking through the schedules here. Um, the sketch tool that I did uh, this time was actually by uh, Tom Gromit and then also Scott Hanna. And so these are professional comic book artists. And basically what happens is the audience will give them suggestions on what they should sketch. And then we kind of use a projector to be able to see the process as that goes along. That was really fun. And I, I mentioned them because they may not be household names, but they've drawn the characters that you love. They, real, they both though. ended the sketch duel, drawing their versions of Superman. And it was just absolutely remarkable to see kind of two embodiments of this character that we all know and love come to life. Like while I'm like in the middle of them, you know, it's wild to sit in the middle of these two, just sheer professionals doing their work and bringing to life Superman right in front of me. It was incredible. Um, so that was the first thing that I got to do. And I, I I got on a soapbox a little bit with the people in the room and uh, I'll get on a soapbox here with the people that are listening. And that is that Comic-Con started because of these artists. And so- yeah. When you go to a convention, it is very cool to go see the panels that we're going to talk about. It's very cool to meet the celebrities and have some FaceTime with them and get an autograph or get a photo. You should absolutely do that. But you need to go to Artist Alley. You need to go and um, see those artists and be able to to just kind of check out their work and see what they're up to as well. So that's my main thing and reason why I wanted to mention the sketch tool. Now, I'll let you go to your uh, panel here in just a second here, Jeremy, but I'll just say that my night actually finished up a little bit earlier. So I had been tasked with uh, moderating Anthony Daniels and Anthony Daniels has been on this show on Beyond the Mouse before. It's a great interview. You should go back and listen to it. I did get a chance to talk to him before, but he's such a pro at this that he really didn't want a moderator. And so I more or less just kind of did crowd control for Anthony Daniels. So I had prepared some questions for him, didn't get a chance to use them necessarily, but it was still really fun to see him work a crowd. And, uh, he was, he was just so like, you could tell he just loves that crowd work that he gets to do. It was really funny. Uh, he was basically trying to walk through the crowd and give the microphone to people. And one of the times he kind of tripped over someone climbing through the seats and he goes, he, he looks at the lady and just goes, oh i'm sorry did you are you just in awe of being next to a hollywood icon such as myself <laughs> you know it's just so funny um so much funny stuff so that was my friday it was like really whirlwind because we had some really early flights we got into portland and then uh right into the convention but you did have another panel on uh friday with some comic book artists right
0: yeah this is uh the breaking into comics roundtable which was on a very square table uh- um, It it was uh, great, though, because we had um, all different kinds of uh, comic book creators. We had um, an Eisner Award winning, uh, uh, basically illustrator and and, and, um, animator. you know, artist that, that was there. Um, and, uh, McGuire, I can't remember his first name for the life of me right now, but I will in a second, but, um, you know, we also had, uh, two local, uh, Portland based, uh, comics artists, uh, storyboard artists, uh, and a uh, writer who also won an Eisner award for a lot of, uh, Hanna-Barbera stuff that he did with DC, which was very strange. I looked it up afterward and I gotta say, it's pretty brilliant. Uh, it's pretty brilliant stuff what he did there. Um, but this was really, really fun though, because, um, You know, like it it was four people that were there at the con that were there to try to figure out how they can break into the comic book industry. Um, And that was where like all of this advice was just so paramount um, to all of them that that were there. Um, You know, they got to hear firsthand from all of these uh, people who'd been in the industry and at the in the industry at like different ways, you know, like at, at different not only jobs, but at different levels and tiers, um, you know, because a lot of them had already worked for uh, DC and Marvel all at the same time, um, you know, and they were really great at sharing their knowledge of, you know, what they did not only to get into the industry, but also like, you know, what advice they would have for things very, very Practical. Like one of the questions that they got asked was like about like doing cell work. Like if you're not familiar with that, that's um, you know, in comic books, you know, like they're divided up into these boxes and stuff. Those are called cells. Um, and you know, what they really wanted to know is, you know, like how can I get better at, you know, this kind of a thing, like doing just kind of like uh cell work and stuff like that. Um, and so you know, they got very, very detailed and and down in the weeds with stuff like that. Um, just trying to help these people um, you know, figure out exactly how they want wanted to uh, do this. So that was a really, really fun time. Uh, again, the the people there was Kevin McGuire. Um, Mark Russell was the Eisner winning uh, artist and Mark Russell was the Eisner winning writer. And then the two local Portland uh, guys, uh, well, two local Portland artists were Ron Chan and Kat Ferris. Um, and it was just a really, really fun time. Um, and again, the reason these cons started.
1: And we should figure out, we should mention that Kat Ferris was also uh, Karis Fritz. Uh, she works with her. Oh, worker, yes. So I bought her we, comic
0: book, uh, My Boyfriend is a Bear, and it's fantastic. So you, everybody pick that one up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She had a kid's book as well that uh, I was able to buy for my son. So really cool to support some local artists as well as we're out there. Um, so now I should mention before we get into Saturday, I promised I was talking to Vanessa about this, and I promised that I was going to bring it up on the podcast. Oh, so, good. This is really deep cuts behind the scenes and Jeremy's going to hate me here in just about a second. Yeah. So we get back to the hotel room, Jeremy, what the way that he wants to go to sleep is he wants to blast wrestling. He decides that that is, that is what his white will be. WWE for, elimination. For, but then, so Jeremy uses like a breathing apparatus when he sleeps and uh, he was so tired because we had left at, you know, three <laughs> 30 in the morning that, guys, he, he took, it took him four chances to try to get this mask on his face. Yep. He just kept falling asleep and then snoring as he was trying to put it on his face. And so I wanted to make sure that that got into the podcast for posterity purposes. Um, but this you is know, my how tired and run down rundown huh? we were
0: after traveling and then getting to that convention that day. Took me four attempts to get a mask on my face, guys. I mean, what are you gonna do? Sometimes (laughs) it was, it was so cute and hilarious all at the same time. But anyway, I'll take the cute part. Yeah, but yeah, we will go.
1: Let's fast forward to Saturday. Um, I think I'm up first. So again, we explored the uh, floor for a little bit. We prepared any last second questions that we had uh, for our panels because Saturday was going to be a big day for both of us. And so I think what I'll do is we can kind of jump back and forth here a little bit. But I was up first on the main stage. I had uh, the panel that was titled "A Dr. Android and a Commander Walk into 10 Forward. It was the cast of Star Trek The Next Generation. And that, of course, was uh, Will Riker himself. Jonathan Frakes, Data, Brent Spiner, and then Beverly Crusher, Gates McFadden. And so that was an amazing panel for me because it was like bringing back my childhood. My brother Scott is a huge Trekkie to this day, um, and he really, him and I watched the next generation together, like on repeat, like that was our star Trek. He ended up really loving deep space nine even more, but TNG was always my track. And so to get a chance to interview these folks were, it was incredible. And it just so happens that the day before we got there, the very first episode of Picard season three uh, was premiering on Paramount plus and basically the entire main cast of TNG, they're all making appearances or main storylines in Picard season three. And so I got to talk to them a bit about that as well. Um, It was just really wonderful. My favorite interaction that I'll mention is that I slipped in a dad joke with Jonathan Frakes because he also likes to direct. And so I said something to the effect of, you know, you've just directed all this. You directed my favorite Star Trek movie, First Contact. You've directed so many episodes of TV. It's just really beyond belief. And, of uh... course, because he uh, had the show I always watched on reruns on sci-fi, uh, Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, he did go into a really fun story about um, – About Michael Dorn, and so this is going to be using Fan Expo rules. I'm putting out a disclaimer here right now because I do uh, want to be invited back again. We've (laughs) been told that we are allowed to use two minutes of clips, and so I was able to record a bit of this panel, and I'm going to be slipping in that whole interaction uh, with Jonathan Frakes right now. Now, Jonathan. We know you so much uh, as Will Riker and as your character, but we also, of course, know you as a prolific director now. And so, I gotta say, it's, it's incredible. Prolific. It, it's, it's incredible because you directed my favorite TNG of First Contact, absolutely my favorite movie, and you also, I mean, it's, it's sort of, in a way, sort of beyond belief how much you've directed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Right? I do I do have a seven year old, so I thought that I was eligible for that joke. The footage of your hypothesis is extremely black. You know, let me ask you a question. You remember the bridge? Yes. And
0: Captain McCombs down there. The rock is down in the galaxy, all over here on the right, and Council Troy is on the left, and down in front is our friend Data and George. In the back of the horseshoe, big old dumb stupid work to pronounce. <laughs> yep. Seven seasons and four movies. And we'd all talk to each other like this, but, and uh, they would look around and enjoy the love.
2: Everybody down in the floor talking to each other. nobody once ever looked back up at work. Ever.
1: <laughs> so one day, Michael Dorn came to
0: work with a raw egg in his hand. <laughs> went up to the back of the horse he with the egg and he crushed it on Sir Patrick Stewart's head.
1: <laughs> and the yolk and the albumin ripped down
0: his is disgust.
1: That's incredible.
0: Fact or fiction?
1: I really hope that it's fact. I, I don't know, because I didn't look back there. So that was really fun. Uh, That was one of my first panels. Is is it true or false? Is it true or false, Greg? It has to to be true. It has to be fact. fact. (laughs) In, In my mind, it has to be fact. So then I took a break until Matthew Lewis. So do you want to talk about your next panel, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, so I didn't get to see the beginning of the TNG panel because I was uh, over in the second year theater uh, interviewing Nolan North. Now, this guy is really awesome because most known as the literal voice and the uh, uh, mocap actor for Nathan Drake and all of the Uncharted uh, video games. But this guy is a prolific voice actor. He has over 460 IMDb credits Um, because I have a uh, five and two year old. I know him as the voice of Blaze on Blaze in the monster machines, um, which I definitely brought up to him. Um, But this was just this guy is so fascinating because he's done so many different things when it comes to uh, acting in every kind of different form. Um, And even like talked about the like ridiculousness of how it went from like motion capture to mocap to performance capture, because, you know, some legit people started doing it. (laughs) So then all of a sudden it became like this art form and everything like that. But he had uh, some amazing interactions with the fans talked a lot about um growing with the character of nathan drake even through fatherhood uh when it came to those games he was with that character for almost a decade um you know just uh doing that and now that's a film series he got to appear in that film with tom holland talked a lot about how much he loved uh tom holland and everything like that um and just recounting stories of his career and it was really really amazing if you ever get the chance to see this guy um in a panel he is Absolutely fantastic. And he's so much fun to listen to. And I love just being on the stage with him. And then I booked it over to try to see my man uh, do some questions before he uh, threw it to the audience and uh, got to see the tail end of your this and that for them. But it looks like you were doing pretty good there, too. And then uh, my my day was living on that main stage after that, unfortunately. Okay, so that's when and I didn't even really
1: notice it until it happened but really Jeremy owned the main stage and then I kind of owned the secondary theater basically for like the rest of the con. So I actually wasn't on the main stage again, which means if we do Denver, buddy, clearly the roles have to be reversed here. Um, (laughs) um, No, it just worked out that way. And like that secondary theater was really cool because it's a slightly more intimate space. It's more of like a conference room setting, but you can really see the audience interactions there in a way that like on the main stage you're kind of blinded with the lights a little bit so you can't see the crowd as much but definitely when you're like sitting right in front of them in that secondary theater it's also a very cool space as well so um i guess i'll go ahead and jump in that way we can kind of take turns here back and forth even though i can't remember time wise exactly which one happened next but i did have (laughs) matthew lewis and he of course famously played neville longbottom in the harry potter franchise and he's been acting since he was five years old i loved I was doing a little bit of research because you go into this and you're like, I can't just ask him about Harry Potter. He's going to get so many questions from the audience that are like, you know, what is your favorite, um, you know, yeah, we don't ask questions, every flavor of bean or whatever, you know, he's going to get all that. And so I, we try to do some research into some of their other things that they've done. And one of the things that I researched with Matthew was he was on a great podcast called inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, Michael Rosenbaum plays, uh, he played Lex Luthor in Smallville among other roles. That's probably his most prominent role. Um, but he does the con circuit a lot. And so Matthew and Michael had met through cons and they've done a couple of episodes together. And I got to suggest those to go back and listen to for all you listeners, because uh, Matthew Lewis is a great guy to just kind of hang out with. He he seems like he's very down to earth. Uh, and it's, it's like he lived through this franchise that is one of the largest ever. And now he's still trying to kind of figure out exactly what those next steps look like. And so he's done a lot of West End plays. He's been a lot of British television. He has his own podcast with uh, Leeds United because he's talked about that premier league fan. And in fact, again, this is another one where I snuck in a recording. And so I uh, want to go ahead and and add an audio drop. This is clearly something that I did that I didn't tell Jeremy to do. So that's why you get these from me and maybe not from Jeremy, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, add in what I thought was a funny question from my Ted Lasso love and heart about his Leeds United podcast right now. Absolutely. Now I'm looking out in this audience and I see an awful lot of robes and so I know that uh, this guy, you're you're like this moderator guy gets a chance to talk to Matthew Lewis and he's going to ask him another non Harry Potter question. What I will say is that if you wanted to start lining up at that microphone, I'm going to have about 10 more minutes of questions and then I really want to turn this over to you. Um, Matthew, this might be literally just for the two of us. This might be the question for the two of us. You do, (laughs) which is great, which is a great way to moderate a panel, by the way. you do the Leeds United uh, oh, podcast, and all right, here's the deal. I, uh, I have started to love the Premier League because of a little show called Ted so I'm one of those Americans. Yes. And so okay. I took over. Um, I, I had to find a Premier League club, and my thought was I need to find the underdog, so I found the one that was just promoted this year, which is Nottingham Forest. So tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, my god. Talk a little football with us just for a second.
3: Well, Nottingham Forest, despite having a rubbish name. Um,
1: it was kind of a cool
3: name. <laughs> um, I'm also wearing red. Um, they, um, it pains me to say, but they are a good historical club. You okay. know, they've won the... This is so boring. So <laughs> well, scary.
1: we can cut it off there if you want to. No, I do oh. want to.
3: They're a good historical club, and I hate
1: them. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right. I wanted to get back. I wanted to get back to a, a role that you played in your youth, uh, Neville Longbottom. Oh, you yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So there you go. Thank you. I have got him back on my side. All right. So you share this amazing story of the last uh, interactions that you had on set with Alan Rickman. Yeah. And I want to make sure that everybody in this audience has heard that story. Could you relate that back to us today? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, it, um, it was his. Um, It was his last day uh, on set, Um, and I was, for the most part, you know, how long were we, 10, 11 years, for a good sort of eight years, utterly terrified of Alan. (laughs) Uh, criminally afraid of Alan. Um, For no, not really any fault of his own. I mean, he was a very, very affable, charming man. I mean, obviously, as Snape, when he was on set, he carried himself in a... In a in a certain way, which um, was uh, very conscious on his part, I believe, um, not so much to well, it's probably yeah, to intimidate us really, um, but not in a not, not in a ungenerous actor way, but in a in a trying to get the best out of us kind of way, um, and it worked uh, very well on the screen. Um, but you know, if you caught Alan off.
1: So you're probably like, oh man, I, you know, I wish that I could have heard more Harry Potter stuff. Well, then go to a convention and talk to Matthew Lewis yeah. yourself. Cause I Ask wanted to about, play that clip. He did,
0: he did not like your team there, man. He called my team Tottenham like thoroughly un, uh, unhatable or something like that. Like very bland team of like, you know, Yeah, cause was- we walked up. So before he
1: left, cause he was flying out to Vancouver. Cause fan expo was doing two cons at the same time, which seems crazy. Um, but he was flying out to Vancouver. And so we, he kind of didn't have a crowd around his booth anymore. And so we walked up to him, uh, Jeremy and I just to like tell him like, you know, thanks again for a great panel. And he he really laid into you a little bit about Tottenham. He was, uh, he was like, 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 they're just thoroughly thoroughly, unimpressive, thoroughly unimpressive as I believe what he said. (laughs) We're
0: Um, we're always going to finish fourth on the table. Um, But, you know, um, but yeah, I I really wish I could have gotten to see that one. I really wanted to see that one, but unfortunately I couldn't. Um, And there was kind of a reason for that. I was going to have a break. uh, to be able to do that so when this is mind-blowing everybody i cannot believe this happened so when Craig yeah. went over there, I was getting ready to do um, these back-to-back panels with um, uh, people from The Mandalorian. So the first one was Katie Sackhoff, absolute nerd icon, um, Battlestar Galactica. I know her from Oculus as well, the great Mike Flanagan horror film. And, of course, Star Wars the Mandalorian playing uh, Bo-Katan. Um, but uh, so that was she was absolutely wonderful, by the way. I got to say she was uh, really fun. Um, you know, a very good sport. I asked her about the uh, Power Rangers short film that she was in in 2016 um and she was she like really turned it into a big answer about how much she loves power ranges and stuff it was absolutely ridiculous um but she also got this amazing fan interaction though when we went to the fan questions where um the young man uh you know was basically trying to tell her you know like that um she was such a good mom and everything and she also um you know at the time she's doing this thing at the cons where she's trying to do this raffle at every con where she takes a helmet a Katan helmet a mandalorian helmet and signs it um as herself and raffles it off and gives all the money to a local charity um and she was going to do that um but unfortunately there are laws uh, about raffles
1: unfortunately there are laws
0: let's just clip that so she basically just decided to make a big donation and then she uh hid an envelope under one of the seats, and that person got the signed helmet. Um, but you know, this person was uh just really wanting to reiterate how you know much he loves her work and stuff like that. And he gave her some money for that. Um, and she gave him this great big hug. It was a really wonderful moment. Um, and she was just really, really super nice, took a lot of time with the fans afterward. Right after that, I went straight into Carl Weathers, and Craig can tell you this guy is awesome (laughs) he is just so so awesome like you just you think of the action roles you think of apollo creed but like of course he's also on the mandalorian um as grief karga and just a wonderful storyteller he's got such a great sense of humor um so one of my favorite questions the audience asked him was like who had the biggest ego um on the set of the predator um and he did he handled it like a pro because he said the predator had the biggest ego Uh, and then nobody should uh, nobody should hire that guy because all he does is go around killing people um but he was just absolutely a mountain of fun um and i was gonna have a break after that to go see the tail end of matthew lewis but unfortunately craig i was uh i was busy again um because
1: so this this is ridiculous okay so Late into the game, it's announced that Ming-Na Wen is coming to Fan Expo Portland. And as you all know, on my Disney fans, um, Ming-Na Wen is like a triple threat Disney legend. So she legitimately is a Disney legend. She was awarded that. There was a year where they gave basically all of the voice actors of the Disney princesses the Disney Legend Award. So she took it along with Jodie Benson and Paige O'Hara. And uh, so so Mulan, she's already established as a Disney legend at that point. And then she goes into playing an amazing role on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, of course, she joins the cast of The Mandalorian and, of course, the Book of Boba Fett, really. And so, like, she now has these great roles in
0: all of these properties. She really just needs to go back and do a Pixar film at this point. Yeah, I think that that'll be good there. So, you know, she... She was added late and I think that's why I didn't know I was interviewing here um, until about an hour before. Um And so
1: know. what happened Jeremy? How did we how did we save you from this uh tragedy yeah, bit, that was coming ups up to
0: the whole network? This is why you- you need to try people that's why you need people who can uh, bail you out here because you know i had some questions in my mind but at that time i was also thinking about asking them to carl weathers so i was like i really don't have a lot of time to research right now um so most of my questions would have been about like er or something like that um so um but yeah uh craig and uh brandon and the girls from uh, uh i think you're gonna like this jack and megan and of course vanessa and brett uh from Beyond the Mouse, they all pulled together and made a big Google Doc um, that I got to take up there on stage with me on my phone. And I had questions to spare. So I was <laughs> put much more at ease. And also, I will say, though, like, no, no need for the uh, nervousness either, because she is delightful, uh, very, very energetic, very knowledgeable about like the status she has among the fans and stuff like that. And so she's so gracious. And so like, you can tell that like when somebody compliments her, she really takes it to heart Um, and that it's not just like a, you know, Oh, you know, that's nice or anything like that. She really does love, you know, hearing about how much her work has touched uh, so many fans there. We got to talk about Mulan. We got to talk about obviously Marvel's agents of shields, Melinda May. um, And then of course uh, a lot of stuff about Mandalorian. And here's the thing with all three of these as well, guys, I tried to ask them stuff about season three, which should be releasing here in about like two days uh, or a day. Based I think it's
1: the day of this release. release I believe yeah, it's the first episode. Release.
0: Yeah. Um, I tried to get information about season three from all of them in as tactfully a way that I could. And they all sidestepped it like pros. I'm assuming because there was probably a star Wars person in the back with a blow dart gun um, that was going to kill us. Um, if we tried to say anything, but Either way, that was a try, like a triad there that was just absolutely phenomenal. I can't believe I got to like interview all three of them, um, and it was a whirlwind, man. It was an absolute whirlwind, and then I went straight into Ron Perlman. So, and I'll tell you
1: what, I went to so I was busy with the panel I'm going to talk about here in just a second, um, but I did. I was I was watching my boy. I wanted to make sure Ming Na Wen went okay, but I I missed it. I missed your questions. I only saw her responding to some audience because, of course, as moderators, we're supposed to give about yeah fifteen. 20 minutes of content uh, Mm -hmm. to the panel and then we really are supposed to turn it over to the fans. And so, um, so I had missed your questions, but I asked the stage manager of the weekend who, uh, was, you know, not necessarily like she wasn't, um, uh, she she was I think she could be tough to please potentially. She's very professional. And so I, I wanna like Not walk on eggshells impressed. there. She was very kind to us. Um but you could tell that she was she was really she knew her stuff. And I asked how you did, and she said you crushed it. That was her um Lord. That was her <laughs> quote. So well done there, man. Um, but let's talk about Leah Thompson. Because- <laughs> this is
0: the best of the weekend guys
1: oh my goodness man so leah thompson uh is an incredible human and uh, she is so kind so she was supposed to be involved in the back to the future panel which was a special ticketed event um and they actually flew in their own moderator just for this particular event that happened on friday night but she wasn't able to do it because she actually had gotten caught up with some filming in vancouver and so she came in just for this day it was an absolutely packed room in the secondary theater because it's Leah Thompson so of course you yeah. want to see it it's great because uh there's another person that is uh in the corner and he's wearing a howard the duck costume and it's just like <laughs> oh my god of course you're wearing a howard the duck costume but we had some great moments in that panel uh it was just fant- fantastic she's just as excellent as you would hope that she is um and so i'm going to i'm not entirely sure exactly what clip i'm going to use because honestly uh the so whole thing was so a great. Clip. <laughs> so here is a clip of my panel with Leah Thompson. You have now directed in so many different genres and spaces. You've done sitcoms. You've done episodes of Picard. You're now working with Alan Tudyk on this new project. And, and like, so what is it about your experiences as an actor throughout your career that you brought behind the camera now uh, when you're directing?
2: Well, I just think that I, it's, it's just in my bones. I've been performing... Um,
0: for uh, 50 years, <laughs> so it's kind of in my
2: bones, and I love our business. And um, and to be honest, I, I really to, to be honest, I started to do Stargirl. first. I started with dramas and my, my TV movies, the Jane Doe movies, and then I wanted to get in that space of uh, sci-fi and. Um, Action, adventure, uh, superheroes. Because I want to direct the Howard the Duck movie. Yes. There he is. There he is. Right there. Don't leave me alone. Um, but I, d- I like visual effects and special effects. And in my day, in the old days, when I did all my special effects movies like Back to the Future, like Space Camp, and Howard the Duck. Yeah. The, the, the technology was not like we have now. and So I really wanted to learn about all this new technology because I just think fantastic stories give you an opportunity for more drama, more comedy, more science, more um, you know, um, satire about our, our, our lives. So I always loved Star Trek. So when I got to direct Picard, I literally cried when they, the credit comes up and it says directed by Leah Thompson, and it was like, because <laughs> that was like my favorite show when I was a little girl. Like I loved. I mean, William Shatner's here, and I'm always like a puddle, I'm like a puddle around William Shatner. It's like the best thing ever
1: amazing yeah. yeah she's just great and then afterwards we took a selfie she posted that selfie um you know like, famous man i yeah i was picture seven out of ten like 75 okay. of your
0: head is so famous now <laughs>
1: yeah go and go and check out her instagram i wasn't going to be in that selfie at first and then she like grabbed me and she was like no get over here and so that's why i'm like only half in that picture uh, which is so nice so leah thompson is wonderful ron perlman your white whale how'd it go yes
0: No, it went really, really well. Uh, Anybody who's talked to me about uh, me interviewing him in St. Louis, um, you know, I I thought that maybe I was asking him some bad questions um, and stuff in St. Louis. But you know what? I've since learned, and especially after this one, that he's just a very kind of um, deliberate and um, kind of stoic person. Um, And he thinks very long and hard about the questions. And he's just very direct. You know, like if he if he if the answer to a question is no, he's just going to say no. You know, (laughs) like he's not really going to try to um, embellish it at all and so but this time i really did a lot of research on him because i i've loved ron perlman for so so long um and it was just a wonderful conversation the fans uh, absolutely asked him amazing questions um you know about a lot of his voice acting work and stuff like that of course i tried to get some details about poker face um uh, because he's going to be on the season finale of that um and you know couldn't give me any and stuff like that but he did really really well and uh i really especially loved that to- asking him about his book by the way his book easy street um is really really amazing so pick that up if you haven't but he talks a lot about working with marlon brando in that who was his acting icon for his entire life and um that was a really fun conversation to have with him about acting with his literal acting hero so um but that was what closed out saturday for me and then uh, when sunday hit I got to do part two uh, with Billy West, one of the most prolific voice actors in history. Uh, I got to interview him in St. Louis. And I got to tell you, this guy's just so much fun, man. If you ever, ever, ever get a chance to see a Billy West panel at any Comic-Con, he's going to do all the voices that he does. He is so animated. He's one of those like Robin Williams types that's just always on and always doing something. Um, And it was just an incredible, incredible time. Um, But what was uh, Sunday holding for you, my man? Absolutely. I had
1: uh I I started my morning with a Disney Legend. I got to speak to the wonderful Jody Benson. And so I know that uh my beyond the mouse friends in particular are probably like, "Ooh, I can't wait to hear that clip of Jody Benson's panel." But uh guys, I'm sorry. I did not uh record the Jody Benson panel. I will say it was uh it was it was So delightful to get a chance to speak to her. Um, We talked a lot about her book. And actually, uh, I was able to kind of explore that because if you go back and listen to the two times she's been on Beyond the Mouse, you can kind of hear, particularly in that second interview, a lot of her talk about vulnerability and uh, how to show positivity and grace to people. And she talked a lot about that that day. And it was a a good message to have. There was a ton of central Illinois in that room in Portland. It was weird. There was an older gentleman who got up and talked him and his wife both graduated from Millican with music degrees. They met at Millican. And so, of course, Jody uh, famously attended Millican and then came back later and uh, finished her degree online to be able to earn her degree from Millican as well. And then she actually announced in the room, which is exciting for you Decatur fans of Beyond the Mouse and the Front Row, that she is going to be the commencement speaker this year at Millican's graduation, and she's being bestowed an honorary doctorate as well. So she's now, she told me she's, Dr. Disney legend, Jody Benson now. So, uh, which I think is really fun as well. It was a great time. I absolutely loved Jody Benson to death and uh, it was a lot of fun. So the next gig I was supposed to have on the main stage, I was supposed to go back and uh, moderate Bruce Campbell, much like Anthony Daniels, Bruce Campbell is a pro (laughs) and he does not need a moderator. So I got to watch from the back, like everybody else uh, while Bruce Campbell did his thing. And it was really fun to get a chance to check him out as well. And then uh, I had the pleasure of talking to the trailer park boys and the Trailer Park Boys show on Netflix uh, and it's been going on for 12 seasons. I have not watched a single episode uh, until (laughs) I was tasked with moderating them. And luckily I made a connection with their manager earlier in the weekend because they did not actually want to uh, do any actual questions. They wanted to do kind of an improv sketch. Basically, I was just supposed to give them some topics, and they were going to riff on it. And so, uh, holy moly, going up there with people that have been doing the same characters together for 12 years and being introduced to them all, out of yeah. nowhere and being told to improv with them for at least 20 to 25 minutes, uh, that, that tested some of my skills, Jeremy, and um, I am glad I survived that panel. I will say uh, out of that particular room of individuals, I was the person that knew the least about the trailer park boys. (laughs) And I was the one that was tasked with talking to the trailer park boys. So uh, So, uh, it went well, but that is like the moment where I was like, okay, if I can survive this I can survive anything. Uh, and then I, I finished up my weekend with another sketch duel. And again, it was just so incredible. It was so great. And uh, and it was great to be able to see some younger artists as well. Um, it was Jay Lee and uh, Jason Cassara, And um, it was really cool to be able to see their artwork come to life. They both drew Wolverine as one of their sketches and their Wolverines were so different, but had the same essence to it, that character. Again, it was a wonderful way to, to end the weekend out in Portland and just a, an amazing experience overall. I mean, yep. I, I will take memories from that trip for forever with me, buddy. It was
0: just yeah, so much fun. I got, I got to end mine with the cast of The Office a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot that you've, you've got um, to talk to The Office. Well, a little, because, like, again, we prepared a lot of really good questions for them, but unfortunately, there was a flight or something that they had to catch. And so they really only had 30 minutes on the stage. Um, so basically, my question was one, and like, everybody line up. So it was kind of fun, though, in a way, because I got to tell you, they are a lot of fun. I got to talk to Leslie David Baker, who played uh, Stanley on the show, Kate Flannery, who played Meredith and uh, Oscar Nunez, who played Oscar um, on the show. Um, and their their personality types are so weird. Kate is such a fireball. Like, I swear to God, like she's just a pure energy. She goes out there. She gets people like singing the Dunder Mifflin or the uh, office theme song. She does like a Dunder. I say Dunder, you say Mifflin chant. Um, she is just pure energy. And it was um, so
1: funny because I mean, like not funny because she injured herself, but she had this neck brace on and when we came up and like kind of met with her beforehand i was like i i told her i was like i'm so sorry i thought this was a prop like you know it was just so funny to see her
0: yeah and that, that was kind of like a funny little bit too because like i was gonna say she like fought a bear or something like that because we're in the northwest but she wasn't having it um, but it was fun i did get to take a picture with them backstage and i was not expecting that that was literally all her like i you know basically said like oh nice to meet you know I'll go out there and stuff she's like oh yeah yeah I met you yesterday. I remember. I'm really excited. Let's take a picture. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I don't need to take a picture or anything like that. And she was like, No, no, no. I want to take a picture. Let's take a picture. I was like, Okay, Kate Flannery. I will take a picture. And then, of course, she forced like Leslie and uh, Oscar to take it too. I was like. Yay. Um, so but they were a, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Uh they answered the questions all in like a really good spirit, good nature, and stuff like that. And uh Kate's best answer I thought was just like, you know, like she feels sorry for people who don't like the things they get famous for, um, because she loves the show and she loves uh everything that's in that. So um as you said though, man, an amazing amount of memories, an amazing time. Met some amazing celebrities, um, and just had a blast with uh with my best friend there. So uh I don't know. I don't know what else there is really to say. It was an awesome time. Time, guys join yeah. us
1: it was, it was an amazing time. And I will say you brought up a really good point because another question that I get is how much actual face time do you get with these people? And the answer is maybe a couple of seconds before you get on stage. And then maybe a second or two after you get off stage, the exception yeah. to that rule this weekend was, um, both Leah Thompson and Jody Benson stuck around after and talked to me for a little bit, which was mm-hmm. extremely kind of them. But usually at these conventions, they're so tight in terms of like, when these celebrities are going go to go do yeah. and everything else And they gotta get good. Yeah, like and so as a moderator, you know, Jeremy mentioned like, oh, I got a picture with them backstage. You don't like it. It's kind of like a unwritten code that you don't yeah, you as a don't, moderator you don't ask, ask for, that. for those
0: things. Yeah, you don't ask for those things, and you don't expect them. Like you're you're there to basically say like, hey, we're gonna have some fun times here, and you know, and you're also kind of there as like a, a referee, a lifeguard against like weird questions and stuff like that too. So you know, you, you know, your job isn't to like fanboy out. Your job, well, and, to-
1: and that's the thing, like you just said, your job. I mean, it's a job. It's not like we are. We, we have our own ability to go and talk to these folks at their booths much like any other fan yeah. does and yeah, so I, I did that with Carl Weathers because I wanted to make sure I wanted to get Carl Weather's autograph honestly because yeah. he was the first uh he was the first panel I ever did at fan Expo he I did that in St Louis and he was just wonderful so I wanted to make sure that I had his autograph so uh, yeah. I talked to Apollo Creed uh in just like I just like any other fan that would have been there um and then you got to go and moderate him on stage uh later yeah. in so it just it was a, an amazing experience. Of a time, guys. amazing experience my uh, my suggestion is if you've never been to one of these cons there are a lot there's a lot to do there so i would suggest going out and checking it out uh that could be fan expo um i know that in the the central um states here we have c2e2 coming up as well pretty soon i think fan expo cleveland fan expo is coming we'll up right around the corner
0: Park, yeah, and, and heck
1: like you know July is a great time to come out to Denver with your friends and meet us out there (laughs) in Denver. We will certainly let you know if anything changes there, but, um, but fan expo has been so great to us. So thank you to fan expo for the opportunities that you've given us and continue to give us uh, as moderators for these panels. And uh, man, Jeremy, I wouldn't do it with anybody else. It's been uh, it's been a ride. And even if it takes you four times, four times to put on that sleep mask. Um, uh-huh. I still love you, buddy. And uh would, would do it every every weekend if I could with you. So it was a lot yeah. of fun. But this is a uh, hybrid Beyond the Mouse front row. So I'm going to say the plugs for Beyond the Mouse. If you've never listened to a Beyond the Mouse episode, it's usually not Jeremy and I, it's usually myself, Brett and Vanessa. You can go back and listen to all the interviews that we do. You can, of course, follow us on socials. Uh, we are Beyond Mouse on Twitter, also uh, Beyond the Mouse pod on Instagram. But more Importantly, uh, we really like to join the conversation on Facebook if you go to Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals. And we also have a Patreon as well. And I'm going to... Really walk a fine line here and say that I'm going to release some very special bonus content to those patrons of Mm -hmm. Beyond the Mouse uh, that no one else will get because it's behind a paywall and I can't get in trouble for it. So, read between the lines there and you'll probably guess what maybe that's the
0: real tea on Fan Expo Portland. uh,
1: That's right, that's right, behind the paywall. But, uh, it so go and check that out as well. But it's just been great getting to chat about this, Jeremy. It was a great experience and I can't wait to do it again with you buddy
0: you're here man see you guys all in
1: july yeah so for the front row network and for beyond the mouse i am craig i'm jeremy and we will see you soon in the front row probably the front row of a fan expo convention oh, near you how did we do that?